Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of Going Infinite. We have uh, some pretty cool stuff in store for you today. Before we get to that, uh, let me introduce myself real quickly. I am Paul, also known as Identikit, and uh, with me, as always, is my friend Matt, also known as Ducklet. How are you today, Matt? I'm pretty good. Very cool. So uh, we are, Matt, I'm sure as you know, in the midst of PvE spoiler season, which is pretty fun, pretty cool. I am, uh, this is going to be kind of new for me because this is my first PvE uh, uh, spoiler season since I've joined the game, since I came in, you know, when we're already in, in the midst of uh, AZ1, basically. So this has been kind of fun and interesting to me. Um, now, admittedly, I have not been the biggest PvE player, so uh, I have uh, dabbled around a bit. Uh, I'm definitely not the expert. Um, I know maybe you are a l have played around with it a little bit more, but I have definitely, you know, jumped, got my feet wet at least. And uh, uh, there's some really cool stuff coming in store with this AZ2 uh, Adventure Zone 2 coming out soon, Matt. What are your uh, What are your quick thoughts about it so far? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see if the second tier of talents changes things around. Yeah. Um, obviously, the introduction with, um, and uh, we'll get into it in a minute, with mercenaries and stuff as well, adding all these mercenaries, uh, it, it's adding a lot of level of complexity uh, just to the combinations of uh, decks and basically experiences you can have at, in PvE. So uh, I think it's going to make it a lot more interesting and uh, more rewarding to play. Uh, and so I'm excited for that. Um, but the reason we're having this special episode today, uh, is we have a couple of spoilers in store for you today. So, um, I'm very excited. I know Matt is as well to get these guys out to you. Uh, we're also going to be pairing this along on Twitter. So you can see the images of the cards we're going to be talking about today, uh, as we t talk through them. So, uh, Matt, do you have it pulled up? Uh, yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. Okay, so um, let's just jump right in. So the the first card we have is Gorilla Pounder. Uh, this is a four-cost double wild threshold uh, neutral troop, and this is a Gorilla Beast, and uh, this is a 4-3, and it has the uh, basic one-shot ability where you can pay one, and this gets... Plus four, plus four, and crush this turn. Wow! So that's pretty. That's pretty outrageous. Uh, at first glance, Matt, this looks like a fairly like, like a fair creature. You know, when you see these PVE only cards, you kind of think they're. I don't know if the first thing that comes to my mind is they, they almost break the game in some way. Like in that, the design team just kind of uh, had to say, like, you know what, this is just too good for PVP, or this is not going to be fair in a. Uh, in a PvP setting, so we have, you know, they're designating it more towards PvE, which it seems like a lot crazier if, in, in all honesty, more busted things can kind of go on, which is more fun. Or, uh, And it was kind of interesting at first looking at this guy, because he looks kind of fair at first glance, right? Yeah, being... I mean, he, compared to a lot of the other uh, PvE-type stuff we've seen, he seems pretty uh, fair. Right. Seems a little innocuous as a 4-3 for 4, but it has this insane one-shot ability. Uh, you can For only one resource, 
you can give it plus four, plus four, and crush this turn. So you can just turn this into an eight seven crush for one cost. Like the the turn after you play it, you can you can play it next turn, swing in with a four three. Uh, I'm sorry, with an eight seven crush uh, for only paying one more resource on top of that, uh, which is pretty absurd. So this is this is awesome, and uh, it is a basic. It is a one shot. So. There is definitely downside there. However, how many times are you going to realistically need to activate this thing to win the game? Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I would imagine like what twice, maybe. I mean, so I, it, it, you're most likely going to be able to win the game, um, even if you don't necessarily win it that turn. That you know, you, you basically put yourself in a position where your the opponent's going to has to block and in ways just to not die and lose their board if they don't just die on the spot anyway, in which case you practically won anyway. So I, this card is pretty outrageous uh, at first glance. Um, it does have equipment as well. So Matt, do you want to read what the equipment does? Uh, yeah, the equipment, we have beastly foot stompers. They're a foot equipment. Uh, your gorilla pounders have deploy, revert, target card. And uh, just for those wondering, uh, if you haven't read on uh, HexTCG.com on their flagship site, they have uh, gone ahead and updated a few terms that we use, such as uh, enters play is going to now just be given the tagline deploy. So anytime you see deploy, that's just the same thing as reading enters play. Um, it may take a, you know, a little bit to get used to seeing it uh, displayed in that way, but you'll we'll catch on quickly and we'll just eventually be applying deploy to the way we think about all cards uh, for anything that enters play so um so basically it'll once you have for this guy and these are uh going the feet slot uh they will also just read the text revert target card when it enters play as well which is uh pretty awesome um there's all you know reverting is always and there, there's lots of things you can do with it because it doesn't just Sometimes revert, uh, I've seen a lot of times in cards, is designated towards your opponents or specifically your own. Uh, and this gives you the option to do either. And that's kind of cool because you can do a lot of busted things with your own. Reverting your own cards. You can revert your opponent's crazy thing that they've built up for whatever reason. I mean, revert can come uh, in lots of different it is also something that we have seen gorillas already in uh, Phil Cape as well, so maybe this is like a uh, ancestral cousin, so to speak, to Phil Ape. Um, maybe that's a, I guess that's a, a a going thing with apes in the game. They seem to all have something to do with reverting. Have you noticed that, Matt? Yeah. No, yeah. It seems so, like uh, they're like animal power. I'm not sure what else to say. Right. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think this thing's animal power is turning Super Saiyan when <laughs> you activate its ability, man. Um, yeah, I mean, this thing is already Super Saiyan. Home at, with that uh, that one shot. I mean, you're essentially right. just, you're coming in. The whole right. card. But, I mean, according to Dragon Ball, is, don't they turn into giant apes when they become... I don't even remember how it I works. Don't. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, this is a, this is a cool card, um, and it's it's a beast. It's a it's a troop, which is a mercenary. They're going to be a little different, um, and we're not going to go super in depth on exactly how mercenaries work. There's a much better written article on the flagship web, 
website that I uh, was just talking about that is going to go a lot more in depth about how mercenaries work, what they're going to do, um, and the, how the whole system works. So we're not going to go into great detail, but we are going to talk about uh, this one that we have with you today. Uh, his name is Narian, and we're going to talk about all the different things that he could do. So um, just for the TLDR, a mercenary is going to basically be a, uh, a secondary deck that you can also choose to play with in a dungeon or in any encounter, I believe. Uh, and this one is basically, so they're basically just going to read like champions would, right? So this champion is a beast. And uh, we've seen this art before. Uh, this is a... What What are these things called, Matt? Do they have oh, a name, uh, a special name? Oh, it, 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 I mean, it kind of looks like the 6-6 the six, six of Spell Shield. Is it Gnarl Brute? Is that the name of the guy? Yeah, that sounds so, right. Anyways, um, it's a, it starts with 26 starting health. Uh, and Matt, do you want to read his champion ability? Uh, yeah, his champion ability is Ferocious Brawl. It's a four-cost basic action. Destroy target opposing troop. You lose health equal to that troop's attack. So that's like a super powerful ability. I mean, just to be able to point and destroy something for four. I like. We don't see stuff like that very often. Like That's incredibly powerful. Uh, you do lose the health equal to it, but that's, you know, that's much really of not much of a drop. Right? Yeah. Yeah. right, especially since... You can think of it as, you know, you're going to be taking the damage from that troop anyway had you not taken care of it. So this is just immediately taking it off the board at the cost of letting it hit you once. If you want to think of it in that way. Um, but without losing, you know, giving your the opponent triggers that hit you when it hits you and st uh, stuff like that. Kind of interesting. And what's the other ability on it, Matt? Uh, Balance of the Wilds. At the start of the game, each champion gets wild... It is not your turn. Your actions and all zones have cost plus five. So that's kind of interesting. This is um, basically making it near impossible to be able to play actions on your opponent's turns. So the quick actions uh, are going to be things like counter spells, uh, things like uh, bounce spells, and um, you know any, anything along those lines. Even burns. If you're, you're trying to use burns on your opponent's turn. They're now going to cost six, so that's going to be really hard to realistically use. So they're they're almost just being thrown out the window, and we're basically trying to play somewhat fair games of hex here, where you can only play on your turn, and your opponent can only play on their turn. In a way, you can still play quick troops, so there is that, um, and technically you still can pay for the extra cost of five. But I mean, realistically, that's just not going to happen very often. So. It's kind of an interesting ability. So that's what this guy does. Um, he has a couple more things we're going to talk about as well. They have this thing. Uh, he has what's called an upgraded text. And you're going to see this along with all the other PvE mercenaries uh, that we're going to be seeing throughout the spoiler season. And the basically how these work is you're going to be able to upgrade this mercenary through uh, special nodes that you'll find throughout the game. I believe you have to fight with them twice on those special nodes and then you can pay uh, some lump sum of gold then to upgrade it and then it will uh, have this upgraded text and it'll just add it on to the champion basically so it will always have that in addition to what it 
what it already has with Balance of the Wilds and the Ferocious Brawl as well. So the upgraded text on this guy says, Predatory Progress uh, is the name of it, and it says, While an opposing champion has five cards in hand, troops you control have plus one attack and plus one defense. So that is uh, pretty sweet. So that means right off the bat, uh, if you, your opponent is starting with seven cards in their hand, which they are, they all of your troops are going to get plus one, plus one. So for the first several turns of the game, your your troops are most likely going to have plus one, plus one. Plus, if you're keeping cards somewhat locked in your opponent's hand based off of the balance of the wilds ability, then this is also going... You know, it's going to be making it harder and harder for your opponent to play all out all of their uh, cards in their hand. Then there's a much better chance that this predatory progress is going to stay on the board. So I think this is going to be like this. The scenario of this champion is really kind of asking you to build a troop-heavy deck, right? And it's trying to kind of make this beast-like uh, family, this whole like just troop-style um, play a bunch of dudes type strategy seems to be w the kind of where they're leading you towards with this, uh, if that makes sense. Um, the next thing that it has is a party passive. And uh, the way these work is that whenever... You're, like, you're going to have a full party full of mercenaries and you, your own champion as well. And so whenever you're playing with one of those other ones, uh, wh like whatever champion you choose, you're also going to be gaining the party passive of all of the non... Uh, all the other champions that you're not using, basically, for that encounter so uh while you're not using naria pennies in your party he is going to give you this bonus at the start of the game if you have more health than each opposing champion there's a 50 percent chance you gain a charge uh which is which is cool but it's a little awkward because he has 26 starting health which is a very high starting health uh which is nice because it's going to go well with his ability because you're going to have to lose health to um destroy the troops anyway but hopefully you also have other troops I'm sorry, you have other champions that have high health uh, starting totals as well, so that you're gaining the chance to gain this extra charge as well, which is a, which is huge. I mean, imagine starting every game with an extra charge. Man, that's a pretty big deal. So, Matt, what do you think of the the party passive and the upgraded text on this guy? Um, yeah, the the party passive is a bit strange. I... I I've only seen a couple of them so far, um, but many of them have this kind of a one-shot type thing. Like it, I've seen a lot of them that have, I guess really shouldn't say a lot of them. The two or three that I've looked at have all been at the start of the game. I find that kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. um, this one seems okay. Um, you do. He does start with twenty-six health, so I, I would imagine that's probably decent for this for i guess every non-boss fight i would assume um the upgraded text seems pretty darn good though mm -hmm. especially since um they can't pitch cards during your turn or they probably shouldn't with everything costing plus five yeah that makes sense um it's kind of interesting for anyone wondering uh at the time of recording this, uh, and we are being asked by uh, by Hex to release this at a specific time uh, to kind of go along with their uh, 
release schedule of spoilers. Just at the time of recording this, Nariip is already up on the auction house for anyone interested in uh, Under the Mercenaries. So you may want to try and pick him up quickly while you can. I assume that these are going to kind of fluctuate in price for a bit as they're new and ex- kind of now that we know that they are, they're kind of new and exciting. Uh, this one is a rare. Um, but it's kind of interesting. Uh, there's two more things we need to talk about. Uh, and those are the basically the deck building requirements of what you uh, have to be able to do to play with Narya. Uh, so he has a deck building constraint just like we've seen in other cards and there's and the uh, Arden Crusader. And it says uh, he has a deck building constraint of can incl- uh, your deck must contain at least 25 troops. You need to have that take squared away as well. So like I said, they're, they're already pushing you towards playing a lot of troops with a champion like this. So that really shouldn't be too much of an issue. Um, it kind of makes it a little bit more narrow in the application you can use it for, I think. Uh, but this guy seems like a big, beefy deck you'll be able to have that will just uh, be able to make really good use of troop combat. Um, and will probably be a pretty decent, I guess, main mercenary, if that makes sense. It seems like you'll be able to use him a lot. There may be situations where any kind of troop-heavy um, decks are just not going to be do well in a certain encounter, and maybe Nari will not do quite as well in that aspect, but um, and I would imagine in most aspects of the game he'll be pretty good. He also says uh, you can include up to four copies of any beast or knoll in your deck, which is also really interesting because uh, the deck building that we're going to go over the shard grid in just a minute, which is going to basically uh, conflict with what that says, but a co- uh, the way that my understanding of how deck building requirements and restraints are going to work is that they will supersede whatever the shard grid says. So you can include up to four copies of any beast or null in your deck, which means that uh, regardless of where they land on the shard grid, you can have four uh, gnarled brutes in your deck. You can have, or the new guy that we just spoiled today, you can have four gorilla pounders in your deck, regardless of you know whatever the uh, wild uh, limit would be on a certain common, uncommon, or rare limit, uh, which in this case doesn't really matter, but it's it's interesting to think of that way. Um, I, I'm i pretty sure that's how that works. That's I, I've, I've read through it all, and that is my understanding of how it works. I apologize if I got that wrong, but I'm sure we'll have more information as this stuff unfolds, because this is all still kind of new to us as well. Uh, now, Matt, do you want to explain how the shard grid works really quickly? Uh, yeah, the shard grid, um, if you haven't really put your toe into PvE or whatnot, but it essentially is letting you know how many copies of uh, each individual card you can have based on its rarity. So um, as you can see here with our sh- with the shard grid for Nari, if, you're, if you are using wild cards, it's essentially normal deck construction rules for wild cards. You get four of uh, any rarity in wild, and then... It gives, lets you have two of uh, diamond and ruby across the rarity grid, so you can have. So for like, like I'll give you an example of like burn. Uh, it's a ruby common. You can only have two of them in your deck as opposed to four. And uh, so, um, just to go back to the deck building thing, letting you use four of a beast or null, it really doesn't help in the case of this shard grid because you can play that many wild beasts already. But it lets you play any other shard uh, beasts as a four of, as opposed to its lockout of maybe like if there was a 
sapphire beast you really wanted to play you would only be able to use one of with the uh the grid for this guy but because of that deck building uh rule it supersedes that and will let you have four interesting um so i wonder what kind of crazy combinations you can kind of use to cheat the shard grid system are there beasts outside of wild i assume there has to be i would imagine there's at least a ruby yeah, isn't the uh, the four one for three from set three of beast? I believe so, uh, but I, I'm sure uh, with the full spoilers, we're going to have more cards to uh, devour, basically, and also I'm sure we'll see other cards that we're kind of not thinking about um, now that will be able to be used not only with this guy but with other mercenaries that we as we see them uh, unfold so it's kind of going to be fun to go back through a bunch of old cards i have that i maybe haven't used in a while and maybe find new uses for them with these mercenaries so uh it's a new way to make i think the game not only fun and exciting with the new cards that are coming out but maybe let old cards be uh see see light again um now is there anything else we need to talk about with nariip or is there any other uh Things you wanted to to note? Um, I hmm, I do find it interesting that with Nariip you essentially get to play a uh, mono wild constructed deck. It's interesting, right? Um, it's gonna be pretty cool. Like I think the we don't often see those that shard grid of four 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 like that on many. Uh, champions yeah. I've seen, or even mercenaries I've seen so well, far. Yeah, I don't think there's a single uh, like playable like player character that can do that. And I, I was I was under the impression that was because they didn't want you to just play normal constructed essentially. Um, now this one will require you to have again the twenty five troops, but it I, I have to imagine that the mono like the mono wild uh, deck we already see constructed right now it meets that requirement or close to and you probably won't have to w- work very hard to make that happen so this is going to be kind of fun and interesting uh, to see how that works and that ability is pretty outrageous uh, it seems like he's going to be a pretty like you're going to be able to use him to farm pretty well I think as well he's going to be pretty fast and efficient I would imagine uh, and pretty safe so he seems like he's going to be quite powerful. I would be surprised if he was, turned out to be bad. But, you know, then again, I don't have a very great um, reference point, I guess, for all the mercenaries so far because we are still very, very early on in the uh, spoiler season. So maybe we're going to see this guy pales in comparison to some others, but maybe he turns out to be really great. Uh, he seems good. What do you think, Matt? I, I think that he kind of breathes new life into some of the stuff that we've seen thus far um it is kind of cool to be able to play this like beast style deck it'll be interesting and to see how it works out also that I, I really like the predatory progress uh the upgraded text it really is going to uh, benefit you and reward you for kind of going wide and troop heavy and so maybe you can make you, know, you can make something maybe lower to the ground with uh, a lot of cheap, as many guys as possible, and like things uh, like Shin Shires who create and who create uh, other. I'm sorry, Shin Hairs who create other Shin Hairs and stuff like that. Right? They're gonna all get buffed up, and so maybe you can get low to the ground and go wide and, and 
have the predatory progress giving all your troops plus one plus one uh, to really get in a lot of damage. This guy's going to be pretty cool. I am excited to play with him as well as the Gorilla Pounder. Uh, I can't wait to see what else we have in store for the uh, PvE uh, spoiler season. So I'm really looking forward to Adventure Zone 2, Matt. I, a lot more than I had honestly originally thought. I had never really pegged myself for much of a PvE player, but I'm getting pretty excited about this stuff. Yeah, same here. I mean, I, I've played through the and like a little bit, but this is actually... Uh, I, I think this is kind of what people were looking for in a PvE, because uh, Adventure Zone 1 was just kind of like play against the computer, but this is giving you way more opportunities to diversify your gameplay and how you, your play style and the whole party system seems kind of cool. It feels more role-playing than it does just a card game, and I think that's what they were shooting for. Mm -hmm. um, now, there's also one more thing I want to note is that uh, we are generally f have been focusing on limited play uh, and the whole idea of going infinite kind of revolving a little bit more on the limited side. But I definitely think it's important to note that the concept of going limited could definitely be applied to uh, PvE. And that is one great way to try and basically make the game uh, as free to play as possible. Or uh, more or less what I kind of try to do is uh, have a very maybe small investment in it and just stem the bleeding as much as possible and get to a point where I basically don't have to put any more money and I can keep going infinite. I think PvE is a great way to be able to do that. Uh, it just kind of depends on how much time and money and effort you want to, or really not, I'm sorry, so much money, but time and effort you want to put into it. And you can basically make up for uh, not having to put up as much money into the game if you do want to play competitively. Uh, so PvE can help you achieve that goal. And so I'm curious to see, you know, what all the new Adventure Zone 2 stuff is going to allow us to do as far as that goes. So um, anyways, guys, that's that's going to do it for us today. Uh, this is, again, just a short little quick special thing we're doing to uh, spoil these the new card and the new Mercenary, which I know we're both excited to play. And uh, we will be seeing you soon, and you can uh, look forward to that soon. I know I will be, and that's going to do it for myself and my co-host, Matt, and we will talk to you again soon.